Welcome to the Bloody Broads Pod. We are your Bloody Broads. I'm Bhavna Sharma. And I'm Jamie Howard. We are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between. This week, when this episode comes out, it will be time to start back to school shopping for those of you still in school, which is crazy. Um, (laughs) But this week, we're talking about 2006's The Covenant. Yes, we've been threatening sexy (laughs) yeah trashy sexy lovely we've been threatening to cover this for two years (laughs) threatening (laughs) i mean so this was a formative film i think for both of us but yes it is definitely a bodice ripper version of a quote-unquote horror film this was like Mm -hmm. your twilight if you weren't into vampires but you were into witches yes (laughs) <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And if you were more into new metal as opposed to alternative. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the soundtrack slaps. Oh like, God, it does. <laughs> the needle drops in this movie are insane. Y'all. I really oh God. want you to go back and watch this listening, specifically paying attention to the music and the, the yes. uh, needle drops because I was losing my ish every single time so I rewatched it this weekend right before we're recording this literally like for the first time in years I mean I've I've put it on in the background during Halloween season but like actually sitting down watching paying attention you know with the mindset of okay I have to talk about this um this film is so unserious (laughs) in the best way and the last time I watched it was actually when I came to visit you Jamie (laughs) Because it was on Hulu. So I was uh, watching it in my hotel because there was like a night where the weather was crazy and I didn't want to go out and I wasn't feeling that great. And I was like, I'm going to watch The Covenant. I (laughs) forgot all about that and I am shooketh. (laughs) Um, So for those that don't remember all of the hotties in this movie. (laughs) All the hotties. All the hotties. This was like a who's who of like mid-aughts cute guys like Hollister model level guys um Sebastian Stan shocker we're covering a Seb Stan movie we don't like Sebastian Stan at all who is that I don't Um, know (laughs) don't know I don't know that man uh Taylor Kitsch who we love uh and of course Chase Crawford yes with a special shout out to Toby Hemingway because I don't think he gets a lot of shine from this movie no, and his American accent was pretty decent. I was shocked rewatching yeah. it. I was like, I forgot you're American. In this. I mean, they give him like 10 lines, which essentially are just like, fight me, bro. But still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was hot. Um, and of and course, you, Stephen Strait is also in this film. But yes, yes. continue. And we, we love Jessica Lucas. Yes. And the ladies. Yes. Uh, you know, South Asian adjacent representation back in the day. That's what we got. I was shocked <laughs> how progressive for how cheesy this film is, I was shocked at how progressive it is in terms of like social dynamics. Right. And like the class, there's like actually decent messages in here about class structure and maybe don't <laughs> fucking dismiss poor people. Right. Because they'll come back and call you a weach. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Me too. 
a weach. I'm going to make you my weach. Okay. So as I've alluded to you guys, this film is about a boarding school uh, in upstate question mark. New, not New Hampshire, Massachusetts. I want to say because, because at one point they go to Gloucester Medical Emergency Center, which I'm pretty sure Gloucester's in in Massachusetts. And yeah, they, it's it's Ipswich. upstate. Yes, it's near Ipswich because that's the whole thing. They're all descendants of. <laughs> They're the sons of the witches you could not burn. <laughs> right? First, right off the bat, gender bending are norms. Right. So this was almost 10 years after the craft, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting to note. Just because, again, if people are always like, well, why don't we ever get male remakes of things? Just watch this film and you will understand why. Why it was yeah. teenage girls instead of teenage boys. <laughs> Because you get this. At least they got that right. They didn't try to change the nature of the boys to make it fit. They were just like, no. what if we gave boys this power? This. And it this turns happens. out they're terrible people. Shocker. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> so oh. all of these sons of Ipwich, Ipswich, sorry, uh, get their powers when they're 13 and it grows until they're 18. And then when you're 18, you ascend. If that sounds familiar, Ryan Murphy basically ripped this directly for Coven. Um, yeah, and the uh, difference is uh, you've got your unlimited text plan with this power between those times, and then once you hit 18, it starts charging you. I cannot. You go on <laughs> low data mode. You, you go, go on, on low, low data mode. Your unlimited data is cut down to, like, paper use. <laughs> so I think that's a really interesting allegory for kind of how women get treated with aging like mm-hmm. we've all heard it right like w- when we're 25 we quote unquote hit the wall never mind that at 31 I'm absolutely at my peak right now like so at, far in life and at 35 correct I'm living <laughs> correct we're sliving but after they turn 18 like Bafna said it starts sapping their life force to use these powers so they're all like 17 and 18 at this point, they're all seniors in high school at this very prestigious boarding school. Mm-hmm. And did this feel almost like a, I mean, it's obviously a coming of age tale. It is. But this also is so inherently sexual given not only the time frame that it was made, because it was competing with Gossip Girl for, you know, some attention with Chase uh, Crawford. Gossip Girl wasn't out yet. It, it was not, that's no, right. No, it was not. The OC had just ended. That's what I was thinking of, the OC. Uh, why I have this particular knowledge is um, Sebastian Stan's character, at one point, they pull out his his date of birth, and he's supposed to be my age. Yeah. So this was very much like, this This is a time capsule for me. I'm supposed to be these grown-ass men's age, age. <laughs> in this. These were full-on adults. Like, I thought it was a college at first when I watched I it back in 2006. But I'm like, oh, no, they're supposed to be... My age, I'm a child. What is this? Right. Well, that was like par for the course. I think we're definitely better about it now. I mean, just watch an episode of like Euphoria, but very par for the course, you know, pre 2020, where actual adults were playing high schoolers. And that's what we thought we were supposed to look like. Because, like, even the girls in this movie, even though they're slightly closer to their real age, they were stunning. And like, 15 year old Mm -hmm. me was like, why don't I look like that? You know, like, (laughs) this was so, I don't know about you, but this was absolutely something that came out kind of at the right Mm -hmm. time for me because I had just started reading the, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? The 
It's a book series. I can picture the books. I'm going to have to look it up, but they have like plaid on the front. The Click. Oh my God, the Click oh, books. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which was all about a boarding school. I wanted to go to boarding school so bad. Um, so did I. <laughs> I think that was like a rite of passage, you know, as oh, a yes. teenage girl at the time. Uh, but Bhavna, why don't you just clue these people in on why this movie means so much to you? Okay, well, first of all, like I just said, like it's my, it, this was supposed to be my, like this was my uh, uh, teenage movie. This was my teenage horror movie because everything that came before was too old. Everything that came after was too young. This was it. Because um, like by the time Prom Night, ew, came out, um, check out our episode on that with the uh, people under the scares. Uh, by the time that came out, I was too old and disconnected. Whereas this, like, yeah, I'm still disconnected in the sense of these are rich people, white people going to a boarding school, which is why I was like, brown girl, why are you there? How'd you get right? there in Massachusetts? I want your story. Um but no, this was that. And then also, like, this is where I fell in love with certain actors that are uh, illiterate. And <laughs> um, I I ended up rooting for the bad guy. And uh, how many ever years later, I'm still rooting for the bad guy. Um, Same. Because he had some fucking points, bro. He had some fucking points. Like, maybe it's the broke person in me or the person that grew up hella poor and with no access to this shit. Like, maybe, I, but... I heavily agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I had seen this movie before I had had my first bout with uh, mental illness as an adult, but, like, not too long before. So this is one I visit a lot because um, we'll touch upon it a bit later, but, like, the whole... Um, there's, like, a scene where oh my god his character's name is chase which must have been so confusing, confusing. between him and chase crawford yeah but sebastian stan's character chase at one point talks about like uh the ascending that he had and how he didn't know what was happening and how scary that was and if he had just had the guidance that these boys had had like that's where a lot of his anger comes from not so much of the rest of his life like the growing up poor and all this kind of stuff is that these guys had people to help them to guide them and here they are squandering their shit whereas he had no idea what was happening to him this entire time and he's so angry so part of why this uh, admittedly trash movie is so special to me is that like uh, you know take out powers sub in mental illness take out money uh, take out the guidance with the powers to guidance to actual like you know conversations about mental health and other health things that don't happen in my community so and then maybe I would also call somebody a weotch. Um <laughs> But yes, also just like, come on, come on. I You knew that when they marketed this movie that Taylor Kitsch was the guy because I forgot what he had out at that time. He had something. He was the guy in 2006. Had Friday Night Lights started yet? I think it had started I think already. it did, but he was also like in a movie that I forget, but I just remember being like, this is a Taylor Kitsch movie. Like, he's the guy. We're going to market oh, around him. Listen, we were all very aware of Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. Um, <laughs> 18-year-old me was very aware, but then 18-year-old me found Chase and Chase. And <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, so that is why I love this film, regardless of, you know, how I objectively look at this film. I mean, same, just gonna same a lot of that, but it's so funny. You said it was trash, but it's no more trash <sighs> than any sort of, I think, 
rom-com that could be talked about from this era. Um, and this is something Bhavna and I talk about a lot off pod, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's fine for other genres to be cheesy or even campy. But the moment yeah. that horror dips its toe in that kind of world of taking itself less serious, that's where we get the whole divide of highbrow or elevated versus whatever the rest of it's so, supposed to be. But Yeah, let's feel, take a look at our conversation last week about Evil Dead. Yes, oh my God. Still, that movie is going to be one of my top five for 2023. That's fucking same. <laughs> yeah, there's no debate. I'm already excited to go own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, but yes, I feel very similar with um, Stephen Strait's character, Caleb Danvers, mm-hmm. because all their last names are taken from the Salem witch trials. So obviously that was yes. already scratching my little, little 15 year old brain. Um, oh, such a yes. nerd for history and witches still am, yes. but his character's father is, as we come to learn very quickly, uh, is being kept in the caretaker's house on their property because he looks very Howard Hugh-esque. And the best line, in my opinion, is yeah. when he brings his girlfriend, you know, Brings Jessica. Um, oh no, that's Pogue's girlfriend. That's Pogue's girlfriend. Uh, this the, I know the character's name was Sarah. Yes, sorry, I was trying to think of the actual. Yeah, it's Laura. It's Laura Ramsey. Laura. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I promise we write notes, you guys. Yes. Uh, Laura Ramsey's character, Sarah. He takes her to his house, and she's the transfer. She transferred from Los Angeles. This is a last resort. Uh, from public no, school. Yeah, she's a public school transfer for into this very prestigious private school and about 30 minutes into this movie which is only 97 minutes long yeah we get this very emotional dramatic scene where he reveals that like my dad's not dead as I've been saying this whole time I've known you which would piss me off if my boyfriend had been lying about his father being dead (laughs) that's just a little bit a little bit I'd be like excuse me what do you mean he's not dead (laughs) right but that's not what she freaks out about because we find out just how much the, their powers can sap from them if they overuse it after turning 18. Because again, his dad looks like Howard Hughes, but the best line he, in the whole movie, he says, mm-hmm. he's 44 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's That's like, like nine years away from where I am. Right? And no thanks. But he looks like, he looks like um, Nicolas Cage in Renfield. Oh my God, he does look like Nicolas Cage in Renfield. Yes. Oh my God. You just yes. blew my mind a little bit because I just rewatched that not too long yeah, ago. But that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> I, I'm deceased. Uh, so there's that layer of like the romantic, you know, teenagers in love aspect. There's all of this class talk where Sarah is a white girl, but she's poor. And then her roommate um is like you said southeast asian question mark i don't know her yeah like uh, jessica lucas is uh, like i believe she is like at least partially south asian um i forget which bit or she might be west indian i forget let me look up um yeah. no 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 never mind she's not i always thought she was she is um half black and half European. That makes sense. It was just very ambiguous. Like she got to play the very ambiguous. Like she's character. played South Asian characters. That's where I got mixed up is that she's played like people that are South Asian. She's also played people that are uh, Caribbean or Afro-Caribbean or Indo-Caribbean. 
And let's talk about that because that is still, I mean, very much still a thing, like being able to play ethnically ambiguous. Thankfully, I've seen it less on breakdowns in the last 10 years, but Mm -hmm. um, like when I get an audition or something, but she, so she was in 2013's Evil Dead Rise. And and in Cloverfield. Oh my God. Yes, she was in Cloverfield. So that was also very of the time. It was Mm -hmm. very much a, uh, we're going to cast this brown girl as the best friend so we can say that there's diversity but we're not going to tell you what ethnicity she is. No. And we're just going to name her reason, Kate. Right. Like who, I'm sorry, but I would have never been like, yep, her name's Kate. Like maybe yeah. that's same. I don't know. But, um, there's a couple different plot points in this film that I know you feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. Mine in particular is the car chase scene that the <laughs> film actually starts with. <laughs> With the, how does this fucking car fit? How does this fucking Hummer light fit between these trees, first of all? Right. <laughs> There's going to be so many cackles of me on this episode, just wheezing <laughs> into the mic, because this, again, this film is the epitome of like mid-aughts unseriousness. Yes. So the car chase, they're down at the Dells partying. Um, mm-hmm. As someone who went to a private school in a semi-rural area, Yes, there were parties out in the fields, but I'm going to go tell you right now, they did not look like this. This looked like it should have had sponsored by Bacardi, like somewhere up in the corner. There was a professional um, DJ booth. Right. It like, and what? floodlights and a bonfire and what? <laughs> like, again, very aspirational uh post start of the Iraq war financial boom um McBling era for those of you that follow the aesthetics uh of it all very McBling era like I expected a punk rock version of Paris Hilton to step out at any moment (laughs) so that's my favorite scene they get caught by the cops they're rushing through these woods and Mm -hmm. like Bhavna said it's a jeep but it looks like because H3s were a big deal at the time, I remember. Because a girl at my high school had a bright canary yellow Hummer H3. I know. Oh, God. I you guys can see the face Bob just made. Oh, God. I remember those. People, okay, okay. The teen cars, if you had yes. money or cars, uh, if you had, if you weren't an inner city kid like me, um, the were the Hummer series or... The, uh, what we still call a punch buggy, took me a second, a Beetle, a VW Beetle. A Volkswagen. A Volkswagen, yeah. So the Beetles. I want one so bad. Me too. I wanted, I wanted specifically the not chrome gray, but not pewter gray one in a convertible because millennial gray is a thing. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, but just my face for that was just like, who buys a yellow fucking H3? (laughs) For a 16-year-old. For a 16-year-old. What are you going to do? Be the DD for everybody? Like, you could fit the whole class in that. I I don't understand. So, there's a pivotal moment where we realize the extent of these teenagers' powers because as they're running from the cops, um, they all... What does he say? He's like, this is going to take more power than we can handle, Pogue. And Pogue says, Harry Potter, kiss my ass. And makes the car that they're all in, because they're all synced up. They're having their craft moment. Makes the car powerfully like launch over this ravine. And the cops are baffled. They're like, the car disappeared. I don't understand. Um, 
And then later on with similar dynamic happening, uh, Pogue, Chris Angel's over the front <gasps> and back of yes, this he car. Does. And he, he spreads his arms out with arms wide open. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it was up. Taylor Kitsch. He did look like he belonged in Creed in that movie. Listen, <laughs> he did. He did. Literally like T poses, does a backflip again, very Chris Angel-esque style. This whole movie is like if Chris Angel wrote like a teenager show, basically. Mm-hmm. And he stomps out the glass on a Mustang, which is another, another 2000s teenage car because I had so many people at my school with Mustangs, specifically like they had just redone the body style and like it was a whole thing. But anyways, you guys, I say all that to say cars play a very big part of this film, but so does this idea of like four teenage boys and then magically hunting down a fifth one and they all happen to sync up. I have Their uterus seen... is all synced up, okay? When when five witches hang out together, or four witches hang out together, you know, their cycles sync up. Sound familiar, y'all? Moon, prism, I... power. <laughs> Again, this is like Sailor Moon and the craft, but for teenage boys. And, and Power Rangers all at and the same time. It was very much giving, like, Mighty Morphin time. Um, but that's, I mean... I just want people to watch this movie because I feel like I'm not going to be able to do it justice. I think it's still on Hulu. Scenes. Please watch it, please. It is on Hulu. But what are your favorite scenes? Because you have oh, as God. many or more. Okay, well, um, We Watch is one of my favorites. So like in the <laughs> in the final showdown um, where uh, Chase has cornered Caleb by kidnapping his girlfriend and making her look very uh, Phantom of the Opera- fucking in a in a magical coma in this barn yes. um he has her there and he's just you know he basically wants caleb to will him his power so that he has power because he's like i didn't know this would fucking fuck me up so now i want power get fucked um <laughs> and he's just like i'm gonna that's make the you. most yeah. f-bombs we've dropped in a sentence since we started this Listen, guys, I am exhausted. This is just what happens. I love it. (laughs) Um, Continue. Sorry. um, But yeah, he just goes to Caleb. He goes, I'm going to make you my weach before like (laughs) launching, you know, more of his like weird 2006 CGI power bombs at him. Um, That's one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites is in the locker room. Um, with the towel. With the towel. And it's like, oh, what are you looking at? F word. Uh, a slur for the rainbow community. Um, and then he's like, oh. And he like directly just looks down. This is down. Sebastian. <laughs> like Chase looks down at his towel and goes, oh, well, you know, I'm looking at where a penis should be, but it's much smaller. So it can't be that. <laughs> and like, <laughs> they get into like a tussle. And I'm the like. The horniest fight you will like, ever see. This is the most big Chaz energy movie you're going to get without explicitly stating BCE. the bi energy. BCE, baby. Because there's another scene I love, which is when they figure out that Chase is a witch and he's got. Uh, you know, Pogue, he's fucked up Pogue, he's in the hospital, like, uh, Kate's character has, like, a bunch of spider bites, and she's in the hospital, and then he's got, Sarah, again, Sarah in her dorm room, yes. um, kind of in a medical, in a magical, whatever the fuck, like, coma state, and he has Caleb there, and they get into a little bit of a tussle, 
Um, and then, like, he's, like, got him pinned down in the bathroom. It's like, hot. <laughs> it's so hot. He's got him pinned down in the bathroom, and, like, he's just basically been like, so this is what you're going to do, bitch. And just leans down and gives him just one big kiss and, like, fucks off. And I'm like, yep. So I was going to originally give the listeners a warning because I knew what story was coming because we've yeah. talked about it regardless of when the most recent time yeah. we've watched this film was. Yes. But then I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to lob this one forward and let him see it. So yeah. Go for this it. movie, specifically the scene, I'm like 95% sure is one of the reasons you and I met on Tumblr because <laughs> Heather reblogged it. And I was like, Heather, I haven't thought of this movie in years. Of course, at the yeah. time, that was like four years. Yes. Um, <laughs> but- I just remember being like, I have to watch this immediately, immediately. Yep. yep. Rewatched it for the first time again. It's been about four or five years. Little yeah. like high school senior me, like yeah. going into college freshman year me that summer was like, oh my God. Like I, I didn't understand why it was like kind of hot before, but now I'm a little older. I'm a little more uh, mature. And I was like, oh no, this better not awaken anything in me. Uh, Listen, I, think... I was 18 on the precipice of my first ever depression spiral and hyper-focusing thing, oh. so thanks. <laughs> I know. Sebastian Stan, you raggedy bitch. <laughs> no, we love raggedy you. Raggedy bitch. <laughs> uh, but yes, I think that there is a layer of homoeroticism in this film that it's not even subtext. It's just text. It's just, you know, it's one of those show don't tell moments. <laughs> I think he's a bi king in this film. I don't want to label anybody that doesn't want to be labeled, but I think he's a bi king. In he's this a bi king, and he looked the least bi king esque. Like if anything, Toby Hemingway's character, but then he was the most like straight boy aggro. Yeah, he just wanted to fight everybody. But maybe yeah. if he was fighting demons, and the demon was bisexuality. Maybe, maybe that's the <laughs> moral of the story this whole time. And obviously, Chase Crawford. Oh. The biggest Big Chaz energy ever to ever. If you guys are wondering why we keep saying Big Chaz energy, please go back and listen to our episode of Hellbent with Stan the Mechanic. Uh, you will understand why we say BCE and it stands for Big Chaz energy, but my God, Ugh. every single boy in this film. Well, and I think too, what it reminds me of is like guys in general are afraid of, or they struggle with intimacy even when they're mm -hmm. full-blown adults. So as a teenager, you're kind of towing that line between like, okay, what's still friendly and what is now considered sexual? Yeah. And I saw it so much with the guys that I went to school with. If any of them listen to this, they're gonna be like, oh my God, what the hell, Jamie? Um, but it's true because it's like, you, you need to be very machismo, very, you know, guy's guy especially at a private school, especially at a private yeah. religious school. But on yeah. top of that, they were all very close because it was a very small class. And that's exactly what goes on in this movie. And it's yeah. the same deal of like, yes, they were popping each other on the ass with towels. That is, in 2023, would be considered fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's no other way to put it. Yeah. That's why the F word slay, uh, slur... Um, gets, yeah gets put in there because of that time yeah it's again very of the very of the year of the era um but I think there's so many things 
as much as this movie is a don't look for deeper meaning, just put it on and enjoy. For me, what jumps out is sort of a, if we're gonna put a deeper, you know, theme to something, definitely class as you brought up. That's pretty apparent. Um, Definitely parental neglect. I wouldn't say outright physical abuse, but his mom, um, Caleb Danver's mom, who's the alcoholic. Yeah. You want to talk about like, Oh God, big wolf listening to, you know, watching that as an adult now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, just like struggling to find acceptable ways to express just emotion around your fellow teenage boys. And you're going through like this witchy puberty on top of your regular puberty. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know what, what's hilarious is that like, I think like as as a, you know, cisgendered woman, I related more to these boys than they could probably relate to the other boys because of this Listen. power. Because I'm going, yes. like, because I am someone with a super fucked up uterus, so I yeah. had, like, the extra. So my friends around me would be like, oh, yeah, it's every, I get my period every month. Or, like, this right. is, no, no, no. And I'm going here, like, I want to die and I can't get out of gym class because <laughs> it's not an excuse. But I'm literally dying. And... <laughs> You know, like, oh, no, I have to go through, like, you know, five overnight pads in a day? Fuck. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, but they have all this, like, extra, like, they've got their regular test, like, they've got their regular puberty shit, and then they've got this, like, extra mega. Supernatural like, puberty. Supernatural <laughs> puberty. Let's just call it Hormone X. Like, yeah. you know, going through them. Like the Spice Girls. Uh, Spice Girls. But the difference is they had someone to... To explain how to put their magical tampon in. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, and Chase's character did not have that. Now, was he very misguided and very, like, was he wrong? Yes. 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 But can I completely understand where he's coming from, especially on this super juice of, like, you know, uh uh his hormone ex going through him plus he doesn't know plus he was like he had he accidentally killed his adopted parents while he ascended like my god that is the ultimate plot twist in this whole thing because let me tell you i forgot about that and then when they pulled his file and they were like that's not even his last name i was something clicked where i just suddenly remembered like oh that's his adopted name i forgot this was a subplot yeah, because then he finds his dad and takes his power. Yes, which is very Hamlet-esque of him. Yep. Um, love that for mm-hmm. our boy. But yes, like absolutely. I think any teenager watching this, even today, I think Gen Z would be pretty harsh on this film and that's fine. But That's fine. It's not for them. Right. But if you're 17 or younger and you watch this, we want to know because we want to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. Because this is... It's a universal story for teenagers, regardless of where you went to school, how you were raised, pretty much unless you were homeschooled. <laughs> like, yeah, then you got your own social hurdles you got to climb. <laughs> you have more going on than we can help you with. And I yeah, speak. Yeah, we cannot help with that. <laughs> that's above our pay grade, you guys. It's above us now. Yeah. But truly, I think anybody can relate to feeling fish out of water feeling like the other feeling alien the transplant blah, blah, right blah. the transplant for sure but or i should say and 
there's a really interesting dynamic if you just watch for the romantic plots that I wish more uh, girls that were slightly older than me, like old enough to be my older sister, but still in school at the same time as me would have kind of talked to me about because I was so, (laughs) I was so jaded as a kid that I say kid as a young teen, early teen, when the notebook came out, we were watching it at a sleepover and we couldn't have been older than like 14 or 15. And I just looked at all the girls around me, like crying their eyes out for Ryan Gosling. And I said, <laughs> no man is ever going to build a house with his bare hands for you. And everyone was like, oh, don't say that. So like, I didn't have, I didn't understand romantic things when I was that age. Um, yeah. But the butterflies that I got as an adult watching Chase Crawford act in this with Oof. Jessica Lucas and... Laura Ramsey. Yeah. His every scene with Laura is so cute. Um, and I just look back and I wish that there would have been wait, an older. Sebastian Stan's character or because Chase Crawford was one of the he didn't have. He wasn't. It was oh, Caleb. I'm all confused. You guys, this yeah. is what happens when they this all have is, the same name. That's OK. It's a bunch of white boys written in the same font. It's fine. <laughs> um, it really is. Anyways, regardless, yes, regardless, their romantic scenes were very cute in the car. Yes, he's, Caleb and, like, and, and Sarah's. Yeah, when she's like, this is me leaving. I'm going to go now. And she like keeps trying to pull back from the kiss and is like trying to get out of the car. Very cute, very cute. But as a 17-year-old, you're, you know, your fellow classmates do not have that level of emotional depth, uh, at least not in my experience. So I wish I would have had an older sister that kind of could have been like, you know, you can say yes to a date, but also I understand you being very cynical about this whole thing. So that was where yes. I connected to it. And then yes. also um, Laura's character being the transfer from public school because I transferred from a public school to a private was definitely not as well off as some of the other kids in class. Um, and to be honest, we can meta commentate all we want, but again, this is just a fun movie. I think it it's really is. And cute. the funny thing is, is that like the, the meta commentating came later. Like all of these points came later. Like I watched this movie pretty much yearly, if not every other year since it came out. And I am 35. I was 18 when it came out. Um, I love it. Yeah. I was in first year university. So I was literally these, the same age. Yeah. The same age. Like, when he pulled out the thing and it said, like, oh, July, like, whatever, 1988, I'm like, 88, baby. <laughs> That's me. Um, which makes me, then when I looked up how old he was, because I definitely went home and went on uh, Google.com to look up how old he was, because Wikipedia <laughs> did not exist. Yeah. Um, or was not widely available at that time. That came a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but we were past Ask Jeeves, if you're wondering, in the millennial timeline. Um, Live Journal was okay. Still, MySpace was on its way out. Facebook out. had just launched, and you had to have a college email to log, to have Damn. an account. I so that those was days. when I signed up was with my university email. God. Um, before it was for the boomers. And now uh, they're and now they're trying to be Twitter. Damn, yes. time flies, you guys. <laughs> right. But anyway, I remember like looking up how old he was, and I'm like, this man is a full seven years older than, or like six years older than. Well, and he, he played a high schooler. He, yeah. Forever for for so long after and that. And so did Chase. Like, and then they went oh, even God, younger. For his whole career. <laughs> Two years later, now Chase Crawford's playing a tenth grader, and I'm like, right. <laughs> 
I remember what because I watched Gossip Girl from the beginning as well. So I'm going like I love love the OG so much. Oh my god, same. Um and like I I remember watching and then when Carter Bazin shows up and I'm like, this man is clearly pushing like mid twenties, early thirties. Come on, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> the jawline for me. I was like, Ain't nobody in my school look like that, sir. Like Nuh-uh. I, no Nuh-uh. wonder we're like every woman our age is like vaguely attracted to mostly older men because that's yeah. what we're raised on. Like every single person that was supposed to be a teenager was in their 20s and every college student was in their 30s. Listen, I was a full-blown 14-year-old, 15-year-old in love with Adam Brody. And I didn't know that Adam Brody was like in his mid-20s at the time. I didn't Same. care. Because he was scrawny. He was scrawny I'm sorry, that and was he mean. was blend- and like, well, like, see, I would never date Seth. Seth Cohen I just really related to Seth Cohen same god same. yeah and like as an adult I'm like ew Adam Brody yes <laughs> Seth Cohen no um dear god the CW back in the day man I know so this is a very CW movie which is it why is. we enjoy talking about it so much yes uh including another scene uh with the bar fight so they're all 18 and I was like now wait a damn minute why are y'all in a the honky tonk, but I thought about it and I was like, well, they're 18. It's not, they're not ordering alcohol. They're just playing pool and it's a honky tonk in the middle of Massachusetts, which is very funny to me because I cannot picture that at all. Right. And then they also own the town. So if they had had alcohol, it'd be like a hot fuzz situation, you know? I literally didn't even think of that until right now. Like everyone, when they're introduced, like even Kate turns to Sarah and because she's like, oh, who's that? They're like, that's the son, the Ipswich. Because they're yeah. like the founding whatever's. The founding mother's uh, descendants. Yeah. yeah. So Rolls really eyes good. and immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my chest is going to hurt after recording this. Yeah. Um, that's literally what it is. That's, it is kind of cool that this is like a matriarchal thing but they're all mama's boys by definition like b- by literally necessity. literally and like i also like a friend of mine in high school had just performed in the crucible like maybe oh, the year shit. before so yeah. like i was already hyper fixated on salem shit because <laughs> what is it about being a teenage girl that just like the moment we learn about salem that is our entire person if we're not already or still in the egyptian phase or in the mermaids phase we are so sold on Salem. Like, it is branded Basically, into us. everything you need to know about me is that my hyperfixations from, like, just before middle school to the end of high school were the Titanic, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Princess Anastasia, and everything involved with that, i.e. the Russian Revolution and all the conspiracy theories plus her actual life. And then it was Salem shit. Like, literally, that is what you needed to know. Those were my hyperfixations. So it's pretty clear then that people should watch this as a double feature with the craft. They should watch oh, the craft 100%. first and then watch this. And A, yes. y'all are going to see the parallels right away. But B, you're going to be like, damn, this whips ass. Like we love these right? movies because there is something very powerful as a, when you feel powerless as a teenager to have this fantasy, right? Of like, I can blow up things with my mind. Starting with, again, this car chase scene where they all use magic to get out of the cops, but going straight into this bar fight scene where it is the ultimate freedom, I think, as a teenager to have a car. And so you get the car, you finally get to go out with your friends, 
And then you watch your girlfriend. She does this really awkward, sexy dance to I Love Rock and Roll. It was very Crossroads meets Coyote Ugly. (laughs) That's exactly. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. Oh, two of my other favorite movies. (laughs) Yes. But it's very, again, this whole thing is just like if 2004 to 2005 made a movie and it came out in 2006 and it's pre-Twilight or at least pre-Twilight movies. I think the first pre-Twilight book. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely had read the first book by by the time I saw this movie. Um, but it's the same color palettes as the Twilight films, which just kills me. But it's also essentially just a really long supernatural episode. Again, it's a 97 minute movie. And which we is love great. Time, yeah. Which is great. I liked that, especially with that many characters, too. I'm like, I don't want to know everyone's story. So we literally only know Caleb's story and we know Chase's story. And that's about it. Okay, my tender heart when I was younger wanted to know Reed's story because he was such a bad boy. And that was my type when I was younger. Oh, are you kidding me? Like guy with like spiky blonde hair and like rings and chain. Like what? Please. I would have been. fight me, bro. Yes, the fight me, bro attitude. Um, I liked hardcore core music even when I was younger you guys clearly that's what's shout out Toby Hemingway (laughs) we love you um but him and then also like again it was the tumblr culture of like we're gonna watch this movie together we're gonna live blog it together and then we're all gonna make gifts of it so they have this big scene that culminates at the dance Mm -hmm. another great teenage movie trope that gets utilized expertly in this film and was it just me or was Laura's makeup like not? I was like, girl, you look like you're about to go to class. Like this yeah, is the only thing they change about her. for the dance. The only thing they change about her is her hair. And then the dress is very Anastasia. Very, yes. Yes. I mean, I guess because they're supposed to be old money and she's trying to blend in. I don't know, you guys. I I've guess. lost my train of thought on this. Other than but just, even. But even when, like, Kate was, like, going to bed and she had that, like, ni- obscene, like, nighty, oh, for, nighty. An 18, for an 18-year-old. I'm like, girl, I was sleeping in, like, my Winnie a the ratty Pooh t-shirt. onesie. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, I had ratty, like, old t-shirts and, like... Or my 16- gym uniform from school because I wasn't in gym class anymore and I paid right. for that fucking shirt. <laughs> oh, I still have several of my dance team and cheerleader uniforms because, like, I paid for those. Um, yeah. <laughs> But truly, like, everything in this film is just so quintessentially this era that I think I'm not going to be able to do it justice other than to say when they have the final big blow-up fight scene. Mm-hmm. It tickles me to no end that it's the night of Caleb's 18th birthday. And so, like, they're like, we have to kill him, but, like, I have to ascend. Like there's this struggle of like, I'm a legal adult now. And in the back of my mind, all I could think was, okay, so who's going to get arrested? Like if something goes horribly wrong. Nobody because they're rich white men. Okay, fair, fair. (laughs) But they have this big, like you said, fight scene and Sarah is spellbound. So she looks like very Christine from Phantom of the Opera, but like passed out on stage. And essentially they all have to infuse power and Caleb gets his dad's power to defeat Chase 
to defeat yeah, Sebastian Stan's character. Because his mom finally decides to take her own head out of her ass, goes to her his dad and goes, you do something, think about somebody else for once in your life. And I'm just yeah. like, poor parentification of Caleb. <laughs> oh, he literally has to take care of his mom so much in this film. It hurts me to watch those scenes. He, yeah having to like clean up after her and the way that she talks about him when she's like god you look just like him in this light i was like what in the oedipus rex like absolutely not um hamlet again (laughs) i didn't even think of that until you said it hamlet again uh wow you guys freud is not just turning over in his grave when we talk about these movies he is spinning like a rotisserie chicken at costco yep he's just on a spit down there (laughs) just constantly in motion uh so they get their power and then caleb uh, like super saiyans chase (laughs) and like this big fiery ball of energy again very harry potter Very. very twilight very um and then they all sarah and kate and pogue who were all in this like spell get get released yeah yeah so then we get this not twist ending, not cliffhanger, I don't think. No body, no crime, baby. <laughs> yeah, no face, no case. But the firefighters get to the scene and they can't find uh, Chase's body. No. Um, which I think they had to do to keep this PG-13. Like, I think so, but also, like, it was the fashion at the time uh, <laughs> to lead, especially with these, like, teen-driven oh, yeah. movies, to, like, kind of leave it, like, open-ended for a sequel, which, yes, we're all tired of now, but this was kind of, like, the thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, so well, they it, kind of, like, so if he's not there, it's possible he's going to come back and, like, fight him. And they could have absolutely made a sequel to this and I would have been front and center. Can there be one now? Oh my God, please. please. Can there be one now? Listen, Toby, Chase, and Sebastian are still friends. They are. They're still friends. Taylor should be free. I mean, I don't know what he's... I say that. I I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's free. But like, you know, I don't know what what Stephen Strait's doing. Well, we're going to give him a Googs because we want him in. Yeah. Um, I want everybody in, honestly, because... Pretty sure Jessica think, Lucas is free. Yes. I think we could have some kind of... Uh, maybe make it like an, a Max or a Netflix special event. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe like a... Yeah. Um, a Shutter special event and just have it like a, you know, a 60-minute special or something. But not yes. even a full film. I would, I would settle for that. But anyways. Hell yeah. The last thing that happens in this film, Caleb waves his, you know, power. He is, his eyes light up like a chia pet, not a chia pet, a Furby. <laughs> I was thinking of, I was thinking of, um, <laughs> that's going to throw me off now, you guys. He looks like a Furby when they go like, when they first wake up because his eyes flash again, very supernatural. And he fixes his windshield and then Sarah's like, uh, and then they just drive off. And that's the end of the movie. There's no other explanation. Like, I know we're not going to get a lot of exposition in this. It's not Oppenheimer and that's fine. But that's like. That's fine. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. They just ride off into the sunset. They're like, well, I hope he's dead. 
I almost just Which ch- I'm choked. like, Zombieland didn't come out too long after that. Double tap, baby. Double tap. Double Two tap. Two hits. I hit you, you hit the ground. Come on. I wow. Even with all of that the quality of special effects in this film was so insane. The car Mm -hmm. exploding in front of the logging truck and then coming back together is one of the scariest things because it feels, I felt it. Like I, yeah, rattled me. And Um, even the uh, ghost projection. That's what I was going to say. the car as well. The darklings. Uh, Which are their whole other lore. Yeah. Which they didn't dive into as much. They didn't, and I get again. I think it's because it's a ninety-seven minute film. Yeah, um, like that would be one of my notes is that I wish we would have gotten more of the witchy stuff and like the witchy history. Like I would l- watch like a well, whole like I would watch like how they formed. Like I would watch like one uh, like you know set in ye old Salem times. Oh, I would love that. I would but watch we, that. We do get a taste of it in our favorite part of the movie, Bob. The opening credits. <laughs> whatever whatever people were taking that made these opening credits we want some pure and uncut baby because like it's da vinci code coded it's like not da vinci code coded it's like da vinci code coded with like a it's not mudvane i know who they are um the song's called human not human um uh, i can picture the album yeah 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 um the song's called human not human or human but not human um but like uh it's very mud vein coded very like uh uh history channel aliens like graphics <laughs> but like think salem instead of like ancient egypt and like illuminati symbols just the most and, like, unhinged like if you watched the history channel back when it was still actually the history channel but just changing a little bit those graphics that like little sliver in time those were the graphics it's white zombie that's the band. it is white zombie there we go i couldn't remember the name of the the band but but i can but you know it's that neon green uh single or album cover that yeah. comes up when you go to listen to it and it is burned into my brain like i remember that being someone's myspace song and you know it would show up on the player as the little album cover yep I can, if I close my eyes, it is so like present. Anyways, the needle drops, like I said at the beginning of the episode, are 10 out of 10 worth it in this movie alone. Um, I will say, if you do want to look up anything about this film, you guys put 2006 after because I found out this weekend trying to find the album. There's a Guy Ritchie movie that came out this year with Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's a war movie in Afghanistan, so not the fun Guy Ritchie movies like Locks, like right. uh, like The Gentleman or like, and you know, Snatch. Y'all know how I feel. We do not need, I say this every time a war movie comes out, we don't need any more. We're good. For like the next 10 years, please. As a history nerd, no, we fucking don't, man. Every time <laughs> like, I watch a war movie, it's just a fact check and be mad. It's, it's so <laughs> depressing, but this movie's not. So no, watch this, movie, this one instead of the Guy Ritchie one. That's probably the only time I'm going to say that. But honestly, oh, another marker of their wealth. This just came to me of that. School, yeah. Was that the fact that they had swim teams? Oh. Just to have a to have a pool is in your huge. school is huge. Like I went to one of the only public schools. I went to the only public school, I think, downtown that had a pool. Yeah. In Toronto. Like we had a pool. So we like that's why we got to do swimming for gym class, but not every public school had that 
So, like, right. for a private school, like, for a school to, in general to have a pool and to have it be that, like, fucking fancy. Like, ours was a little decrepit. Like, we would take laps around the pool if we were on our period. And, like, um, the the ground was so uneven. And, like, it, it fucked up my friend's knee because she had, like, um, issues with uh, her cartilage in her oh. knee. Like, there wasn't enough lubrication in between her, her bones. Listen, there's so, always like, one girl in high school who was wearing a knee brace. But I, I digress. She was also a former ballerina. So, there's, like, a whole yep, bunch of there you go. There things. you go. But, like, that... So, our, our school was just, like, fuck it. The ground's not level, but we don't give a shit. <laughs> That's one of the scariest scenes in this film, too, when they make him hit his head on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's when they first uh, get the idea that Caleb's a witch because he, like, Furby eyes for a second. (laughs) You guys, please just watch this movie because you'll know exactly what I mean as soon as you see it. They flash their eyes and it's giving... It's like if you've ever seen True Blood... And that's it's like, what I was trying to remember. It's like it's uh, Jessica Lucas was also in True Blood, so it's like she when was. she transforms because she was one of the shapeshifters, and their yes. eyes go that like, bing, or, like or, or or like even the Wear Panthers in that show, and their eyes kind of go, bing. like that's that, that's it, that's what that we're is. gonna have to cover at least season one of True Blood at some point because I forget the wild ass animals that they have on that show, um, and I I love it. Uh, we're very I much a Skarsgård household. Never, we love Skarsgård in this house. We love these <laughs> Skarsgårds in this house. In general, yes. Um, but yes, I'm going to give this film four out of five fake Hummers. <laughs> I'm going to give this four out of five weeaches. <laughs> Please just watch this movie, y'all. We want to hear your thoughts on it, especially if you're a teenager or like early 20-something. I'm really interested to hear what you think if you were not born yet when this movie came (laughs) out or if you were too young to watch it. I know, I know. When I think about the fact that like people born in 2000 are going to be 23 this year or already are 23, I'm like, whoa. Um, (laughs) That just made me sound like such an airhead, you guys. But truly, it's... You'll understand when you're older. Uh, But yes, I love this movie. I think the soundtrack really does a lot of the heavy lifting and then the fight choreography and then the CGI. Yeah. This is is absolutely not a movie to go in and try to pick apart anything or find necessarily deeper meaning. I think, again, some of the stuff that Bhavna and I talked about is really apparent. You know, the class markers, uh, gender disparities, and then, of course, the latent homoeroticism in teenage boys, which I could talk about at length with almost any teenage book and film going back to a separate piece. Um, what what a deep topic, you guys. But anyways, uh, any final thoughts before we leave the people, Bob? Because I love this movie. <laughs> um, well, this would be one of my movies and like, like, you know, it's the, oh, here's some movies if you want to get to know me kind of yes. starter pack or like horror starter pack or whatever. Yes. This is definitely one of them that's in there for me. Um, because it encapsulates so many things about me. One, my age, like it's like a times capsule for my age. One, two, obviously was dictated my taste in men. Um, (laughs) same to this day. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. (laughs) Um, Hey, listen, listen, the fact that the two white men that I fell in love with in this movie to this day are unbothered and have not, you mostly know, unproblematic. Mostly unproblematic. 
given everything that's out there. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. You know <laughs> don't what? Don't do anything stupid the next three weeks, guys. Like that's... Yeah, please, please don't. There, I, I am an okay judge of character. Um, <laughs> I am okay, but uh, yeah, no, that, and then also like. I love witchy shit. I always have like the Salem stuff like was fascinating to me. Like, you know, and I here's my history nerd coming out. If you love Salem stuff, you'd be remiss to just look at Salem isolated. You have to go back to King James and you have to go back before James to the Elizabethan era. And you have to know what was going on over there. And you have to know about like, you know, the book that he wrote. The witch's Um, hammer, but it's like called the it's the witch's hammer but the actual name is like the maleficus yes. malicarum yeah. i always say it yes. wrong but it's a and line. like you have to look on his book about demonology and you have yes. to look up like who he married and what was going on ah, um anyway <laughs> uh read a book dump you're welcome read a book um Not which only book. makes this movie even more enjoyable um but yeah no love it love it all about it still love it to this day most of it held up like, I'm I would just take out in- the one slur. That's it. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this with the Freddy versus Jason on a different uh, podcast, too. Like, it's yes. shocking to hear in 2023, but in 2006, si- <laughs> the fact that there was only one? Yeah, we were like, whoa. What? There's, <laughs> There's only, only one? one slur? Anyways, you guys. Yes, I'm just going to second everything Bob said as usual. We're sharing the brain cell this week. Um this movie is really fun. It is very relatable, I think, for those of us who were born in that same time range. And truly, you're doing yourself a disservice to not include it in your spooky season watches. I think it's a really easy throw on in the background while you make your Halloween costume or you bake or whatever, which it won't be uh, too far from once this episode is out. We'll be in the home stretch to spooky season, you guys. As always, uh, Bavna, where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter, uh, Hive, and now Blue Sky as The Lucky Charms. And on Instagram as The Lucky Charms with a fancy little underscore on there. And I believe Threads as well, though I haven't really dipped my toe in that too much. I don't know. There's too much going on, man. so many platforms now, you guys. Just follow the podcast, y'all, at Bloody Broads Pod on all social media. Please email us if you enjoy or have a question. Most importantly, please, please, please rate subscribe and review especially on spotify subscribing is huge and listening to it on spotify is huge for us we appreciate everyone that's done that so far yes tell a friend to tell a friend i am at glitter burrito most places and if i'm not glitter burrito i'm at jamie kirsten howard all spelled out we would love to hear from you and until next time bye bye (laughs) 